mean, I guess we learned, though, I mean, sauerkraut is no longer hot. So, mm, I mean, yeah. you got to deal with that. It's just, yep. <laughs> you know, the MTV generation just doesn't understand <laughs> sauerkraut. Yeah, in with the Beavis, out with the German side dishes. That's yeah. what I say. <laughs> they, if they had got, you know, Patrick, you pitched the idea of uh, Dennis Leary replacing Wesley Snipes as the lead of that oh film. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he would have had something to say for the MTV generation yeah, oh about <laughs> sauerkraut and pickles. <laughs> Sit your ass down. I'm going to tell you about a fermented snack. <laughs> and no, it's not a caramel macchiato. <laughs> oh, you're kids with your cool ranch flame and hot Cheeto blue Doritos. You don't even know what you're talking about. I'm talking about pickles. I'm talking about sauerkraut. Something your dad would eat after you got home from the job. That's decent. We've been working on it for the last few weeks. All right. yeah, Dennis Leary, another man who's been living in our head rent free. So oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. Man. Dennis yeah. Leary's okay, not leaving yeah. us anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Spectre haunts us to this day. Oh my god. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. I'm uh, Patrick Remian. Welcome to The Academy, and, you know, welcome to Wesley Snipes' Stepping Out Week on the show. Uh, Two incidents of Wesley Snipes (laughs) engaging in uh, extramarital affairs this week on the show. And uh, boy, uh, change of pace for old Wesley. (laughs) Yeah, this is a, you know what, say what you will about Simon Phoenix, never cheated on his significant other. That's true. The famed villain. He never, yeah, he he kept it. Although, is he even like a, maybe he's just like, maybe his only true love is like chaos. See, I, I, Simon Phoenix struck me as pansexual, someone you Mm. couldn't really pin down. Yeah, he's, you know, a, he's a trickster. Uh, you couldn't tell if he wanted yeah. to kill John Spartan or fuck John Spartan. Whoa! Whoa! It's like, it's like with the Batman and the Joker. Do they oh. want to smooch? Are they, uh, they enemies? Who as, knows? As Joker once suggested, you need me, Batman. You complete yeah. me, you know? That'd be and, actually kind of sick if, like, Batman just, like, bought uh, Joker a nice steak dinner. And they, they was like, that's all I wanted. They all just, and then it cured you cured crime. If only well, if Joker, only... you know, Joker was socially awkward. <laughs> yeah. He just did not understand how to make like a proper move in modern society <laughs> when it came to dating. He wanted to go on a date with that man. He just, he's just he's just awkward and a little wacky. That's he's just <laughs> he's misunderstood. He's misunderstood. He heard it here first. No, he's not a terrorist. He's just lovelorn. <laughs> Just wants a smooch. He just wants a smooch. Okay. On that note, let's introduce our guest. <laughs> Don't we all want that? Because we, we all want a smooch. We all want uh, a smooch. Super funny returning champ Randy Thompson is joining us on our journey into hey, the guys. dark night of the soul. Uh, <laughs> I just want to talk about Joker and Batman's relationship now. I just mm-hmm. I, that's the storyline I want to follow. Yeah. I mean, obviously they don't like they shouldn't be together. No, it's, no, it's it's, 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 for, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's forbidden love. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yes, that's true. And yeah, society doesn't want it. <laughs> and, right. and Tybalt's got has to be Clayface. <laughs> Tib- you bet Tybalt's Clayface. Oh, no, without a doubt, that was my first thought. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously, why talk about it? Obviously, yeah. Uh, Mercutio, uh, you bet it's Superman. It's got, well, I feel like Mercutio would be like Harley and or. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, probably just Harley. 
<laughs> yeah, I probably just said there's no other mm-hmm. funny. Those are like the two funny characters. It's like there's no other yeah. um, goofy. Because I feel like you know you have to be funny, but also kind of twisted. Yeah, Batman's like, like Batman is standing on the side of a huge skyscraper, like in the Nolan Batmans. Mm. Joker's on the ground looking up at him. Then we get the entire uh, balcony scene, but yeah. it's, you know, in oh, a gi- God, between so a gigantic beautiful. skyscraper. Joker needs a <laughs> megaphone, but it, yeah. it, it works. It works. Yeah, Trust me. This is, of course, the Jack Nicholson Joker. <laughs> <laughs> With love's light wings, did I light these walls? <laughs> But it's uh, Jack Nicholson in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And Robert Pattinson. It's the Robert, Robert Pattinson. Yes. Oh, good. It, it's weird. It's, it's inappropriate. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's oh. Weird. <laughs> it sucks. oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, yeah, as you can see from the uh, description, we're knee deep in drama with Wesley yeah. this week. Jungle Fever, One Night Stand, Spike Lee, Mike Figgis. These are, I want to get right into it. These are doozy. These are the doosiest, perhaps. We, we, I had Patrick handled. over on Saturday and we were like, we there's other people over, but all we could do was talk about one night stand for like an hour. <laughs> I, I started telling, I, my brother was over last night. I started to describe this movie because he'd never heard of it and literally just start to finish, just told him the entire plot of the movie, like just like scene by scene, just went through everything. Cause I was like, Oh, and also there's this part with this dog who won't leave his dick alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. Insane. <laughs> Insane. Oh, can we just get a, a behind the scenes? Like how, what's the practical on that? Does it just, well, just be yeah. jerky? <laughs> like, what did we you have do? a, do- we have a dog. He's our dick dog. He's trained specifically <laughs> for this. It's all, there's a bunch of, see every I want to see a movie about his trainer, the dick yeah. dog's trainer. Yeah. 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 I know. I got him to smell dicks. He yeah. can smell dick. He can smell, you want to smell dick? He can smell dick. On the spot. Yeah, it's Sam Elliott. It's, it's <laughs> Sam Elliott. I've trained this dog to, to smell <laughs> dicks. Yeah, it's it's like it's awesome because both these movies are I think so intriguing because it really feels like the directors just got to kinda do their thing without a hell of a lot of um oversight <laughs> input input, yeah, from, right. input from others and yeah. so we're just entering kind of the the deep recesses of the mind of both of these gentlemen this week yeah. and it's a, it's a damn trip but uh before we get there uh you know randy we yeah. gotta talk about it we gotta we gotta know your story what is your yeah. snipes saga oh I, man i so snipes for me is like the the one of the earliest kind of movie stars that I remember as a kid being like in awe of my dad was a big, uh, a huge movie guy. And like, just, he would rent, I probably talked about this last time. He would rent videos from the video store and then tape them. He had like a really complicated mm-hmm. high speed V like triple VCR setup that he could duplicate movies and just had this like floor to ceiling bookcase on the entire wall of, oh, wow. of the finished basement with just a catalog of, you know, every movie that he had rented. And That's awesome. Uh, so he's a big action movie fan. So we watched all of as many Wesley Snipes movies as we could at, in at entirely inappropriate ages. Um, <laughs> Demolition Man, I think, was our favorite for sure, because um, it's just, you know, it's like it's got everything. I mean, it's it's just it's so brilliant. Um, but I'm not here to speak about that particular movie. But I when Patrick told me that you were focusing on Snipes this season, I was like, I've been preparing my whole life for this. I'm ready. Yes. Yes. And then you gave me these two movies, which I had never seen one. I'd never heard of and one I'd never seen. And I was like, okay, all right, 
Let's, oh, I'm let's sorry. throw it up there. <laughs> yeah, he does absolutely zero spin kicks in yeah. either of these movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a wasted. Yeah, you just wait. It's just like a coiled snake just sitting there. <laughs> at least, yeah, because at least Boiling Point had one kick. One door uh, was kicked down. One yeah. glorious kick. Yeah. Um, no, he, pop, he pops the shirt both times in this movie. Like he's ready. He's fit. He's yeah. he's, he's good to go for whatever comes at him. Jungle Fever, he throws a chair. Mm-hmm. And That's I right. expected that to be a little bit more violent. It, it it felt like he was restraining himself on purpose. Or maybe that was like take seven and Spike was like, Okay, we've only got one chair left. You gotta like pull back a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> leaves the uh leaves the uh violence to Italian on Italian crime in this film. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh... Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it, these are definitely like you know, we wanted to get kind of because we feel, and I, I imagine you agree, that Snipes is an actor who's incredibly versatile and can do quite a, you know, he's soup, he can be very, very funny. Yeah. He also, obviously, he's great at the action yeah. stuff. And he's a good dramatic actor. Yeah. Too. And yeah, so these were our top two dramas. Right. Of, you know, <laughs> and you being the man who reviewed Scarecrow for us oh, with no God. drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, there's at least no one. Although I think at the end of Jungle Fever, he was steps away from doing a full scale breakdown in a fountain down the street. (laughs) Yeah, shot too, right? The thirty foot boom shot. Oh (laughs) yes. What is happening? (laughs) Oh my goodness! (laughs) I feel like didn't see it coming. Why is this a Wayans movie all of a sudden, (laughs) Spike Lee? It's like you know, I, it's memorable. I was yeah. look. It's <laughs> it is not. not. It's not like riding a fence, right? It's just like it's taking a stand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it is like hey. I don't know what that stand is, but like it's <laughs> taking it. He, yeah, I, I I love it. I absolutely love how hard he goes. Like every single time out, and he hasn't. I mean, he's he does he's done wild stuff in his last few. Yeah. as well i mean i think the scripts were a little tighter in the last few which helped yeah. their causes but yeah. um I mean, he still pushes it and it's still like i mean he makes his point right, <laughs> like, whether, right. you know he's gonna hit you over the head with it but he right. makes his point <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I love the guy i i think he's terrific but let's why don't we get into it it's uh yeah. 1991 jungle fever uh written directed and produced by spike lee starring and Boy, as usual, man, we, we thought Pacino was tough with the laundry list of amazing co-stars. Every Snipes is no slouch in the yeah. amazing co-stars department. We got uh, Wesley Snipes, of course, playing um, the tremendously named Flipper Purify. Rivaled only by his brother Gator. Yeah, Gator, yeah. <laughs> uh, Annabelle Sciorra, uh, Spike Lee himself as Cyrus, <sighs> Aussie Davis, Ruby D. The great godlike Samuel Jackson. We'll get into that in just a moment here. Um, oh, yeah. Lynette McKee, John Turturro, Frank Vincent, Anthony Quinn, Halle Berry, Michael Imperioli, Nicholas Turturro, Michael Battalucci, Debbie, Debbie Mazar, Tim Robbins, Brad Dorf, Teresa Randall from um, um, God, I've already forgot the, the it. Band? No, no, um, uh, Jesus, it was the one against uh, New Jack City. 
Sugar Hill. Oh, Sugar Hill. <laughs> Sugar Hill. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, Space Jam. Space Jam. And, yes. Uh, and Queen like Latifah and um, Charlie Murphy. Yes. He, he has a really wonderful moment in the He's film. He's really good in his like He's one really scene. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I want to uh, see more about this dude. The yeah. movie uh, budgeted fourteen million, made forty three point nine million. Not not bad. Um, awesome soundtrack should be brought up by uh, oh, yeah. uh, songs yeah. by Stevie Wonder. Um, film has got an eighty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The wow. site's consensus states. Jungle Fever finds Spike Lee tackling timely sociopolitical themes in typically provocative style, even if the result is sometimes ambitious to a fault. Interesting. Interesting. Um, in terms of awards, um, it, uh, Sam Jackson won Best Supporting Actor at the 1991 Cannes Film Festival. He was also, um, he won from the New York Film Critics uh, Circle Awards. He's about to get a honorary Academy Award this coming weekend. Oh. And um, he's been in the press a bit, stating uh, just how bummed he still is that he didn't get nominated and win for this movie, let oh, alone wow. uh, he believes he should have two, this in Pulp Fiction. Uh, okay. But, uh, you know, and it, it, this was kind of the movie that um, really kind of exploded him on the scene. And this performance is obviously a pretty balls to the wall. Yeah. You know, go at it. Uh, basic plot line of this movie, though, is that uh, successful Har- uh, Harlem ar- architect Flipper Purify, Wesley Snipes, uh, is dealing with pretty much everything America in 1991 could <laughs> could throw at him. <laughs> and uh, I think that that probably sub- tried to get it a little uh, tighter squeeze on the plot line. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he meets uh, his newest, his new temp secretary is Angie Tucci from uh, Bensonhurst. He's from Harlem. She's Italian. Initially, he's upset, but then um, they kind of hit it off and he develops an, a, an affair with her. And it's kind of the the re- uh, some of what follows in the movie is kind of the reaction within both of their shared community, their s- separate communities. Um, with regards to this affair. Also, though, we yes. have... Um, <laughs> That's like a quarter of the movie. Here's that is, yeah. part, of that is a portion of... That is the part of the movie I think everyone listening thought this movie was about. Yeah. Um, right. There's there more, folks. But, folks, there's more. Uh, we also have a look at, at the religious lives of Flipper's parents, played by Ossie Davis and Ruby D. Flipper's brother Gator, played by Samuel Jackson, and his increasing um, problems with drug addiction and kind of the danger that that brings about with both in the individual within his own household and with the community at large. Uh, on the flip side, um, Angie has a couple of lunatic brothers and a truly monstrous father, played <laughs> yeah. by Frank yeah. Vincent from The Sopranos. <laughs> Frank God. Vincent is literally the devil. <laughs> like right. And they're not thrilled with any of this, but you know, they all they do is seem to go and harass John Turturro at his sandwich shop anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and John Turturro is learning about, you know, he's a quiet kind of nerdy guy who's exploring his own desires and kind of dreams for an ex- much more screen time than I think any of us probably anticipated super and yeah he becomes the fourth lead it's kind of nuts um also um flippers bosses are 
yuppie number one and yuppie number two, played by Tim Robbins and Brad Dorf, two very fun actors who, who get a the escalation in the scene where he asks for a raise is uh, fast and furious. So wild. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and uh, all of this kind of leads, you know. Oh, and um, Wesley also, this is key, and we'll get to this. He has a young daughter who um, thinks Wesley Snipes morning sex sessions with his wife are abuse, but the good kind. <laughs> She's also like, yeah, like clearly tickled by them. <laughs> clearly tickled by them. And all this is, all this might be Wesley Snipes fever dream of being worried about what could happen to his daughter. Upon yeah, sure. sure. Reaching her teenage she may not even exist. She may not even exist. <laughs> yes. And I mean, I love, I, so this spike, this is, um, Spike Lee, he did Mo Better Blues and Do the Right Thing right before this Whereas Ones that he's kind of, this is in like, kind of the heart of his early peak mm-hmm. as a yeah. filmmaker and seemed to have kind of bit of carp launch. And I mean, I admire the scope, but I do feel like there's quite a bit of, he's biting off a lot yeah. with this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, was this new one? Was this a new film to both of you guys? Yeah, for me. A hundred percent. Never seen this before. Uh, here's my take on this movie. I kind of wish it, it should go, it could go either two directions. Either A, wish that some of the subplots were cut out so we can focus more on the Snipes uh Snipes and yeah. his relationship, like with the movie of the title of like, yeah, yeah. like what's what's happening. Uh which or, it could be a very um, intimate, bittersweet um, film. Yeah, at, at a, at a one hundred yeah. minute version of this. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. or I almost want to go. This is probably going to sound insane, but go the other way. I want like a four hour movie, and then you get like everything. Like, it's just like it's just like a kaleidoscope of just like this is what life is like in Bensonhurst in Harlem. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah. Like you get to I, see every weird subplot fleshed out fully. I agree. And I also like I I don't have a super great like encyclopedic knowledge of Spike's movies. Like I've seen the big ones, but there's huge gaps in my Spike Lee education. So yeah. there's oh, that. Same. But I when I was watching this, I just felt like it felt like he wanted to go crazier in some points. And like he it almost was like he wanted to make a John Waters movie in some ways. Like it's like these crazy big characters. Steven Randazzo is one of them. Do you, do you remember him? And he's like one of the friends in uh, one of John Turturro's like crew. And he's oh. like this seemingly like guy who's maybe in his late twenties, but is acting like he's in his sixties. He's got the kind of like, like face thing happening. Like it's like a big character choice. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. part of it? And it feels like out of, like, it feels like a divine character. Like it feels like somebody like out of a different (laughs) movie. And I just kind of wish it was all that extreme, like take it that far because then mixing in like the stuff with the subplot of, of Samuel Jackson's entire arc and the parents and all of that, it felt like kind of like still trying to ground it in a gritty take on what's really going on in the crack epidemic in New York. And it was just like, those two felt like super disjointed to me. Like I kept being like, I'm, I feel like we're fighting between like a, a fully naturalism, like a fully naturalistic movie and something much like further out there. Mm -hmm. And, and I wish I wanted more of the, 
like kind of extreme. I, I, what's one thing I really actually quite admire about Spike is he's he does try and play both sides. Like he's yeah. he's obviously incredibly committed as like social activist. Yeah, and that's a huge part of pretty much all of his movies, ex- excepting like a handful of weird outliers. Right. But he's also really, really obsessed with movies mm-hmm. and kind of like cinematic structure and choices and big moves and kind of there's like a big flamboyant side yeah. to him as well. And he and when his movies work, he's like playing that those two instruments really well side by side. But right. then sometimes he scoots in yeah. you know different directions. I mean, he uses that one shot of the actors on the cart the the dolly shot yeah the, the like, dolly the shot every every single one of oh, yeah. every movie he does and every time he does it it's like i do a, like kind of a fist pump i'm like <laughs> oh, yeah that's it, that's it rules <laughs> yeah, i love I it's, it's like are they like ghosts floating yeah, yeah, what's happening <laughs> like there's not even like shoulder movement at all it's just like perfectly still yeah the background is moving and then at some point wesley snipes like physically turns his entire top of his body in a way that you could not do if you're walking straight ahead. No, I remember when I first saw that, I legit thought they were on like a carriage in Central Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Park. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. I was like, we're going to pan out and it's going to be a carriage shot of just like the two of them taking like a romantic ride together. He usually does that shot in almost all of his other movies, like in a shit has gotten very serious yeah. moment in the movie, but he's doing yeah. it in this like, like Woody Allen romantic walk and talk right. through the streets of New York. And, and that's what he's using right. that this, shot for. This is like yeah. his Sorkin walks. Like yeah. this is how he does. <laughs> that's yeah. what they needed in West Wing yeah. more of. Just like <laughs> Bradley Whitford. And... Floating down the hallway. <laughs> but I love that he's conscious of it. Like I took, I did Spike Lee's masterclass on the masterclass oh, nice. website. It's really cool. He's, yeah. he's awesome. He's, I, I think he's so like fun just to kind of like listen to yeah talk and do his theories but he's like i have to do that shot it's my tra- it's like my trademark it's like, cool man <laughs> like, they have uh, um a big exhibit anyone in the la area too if you're interested in further um there's a big exhibit on spike lee at the academy museum right now cool and um a bunch of his stuff is there including the street sign from the opening credits oh nice of jungle fever is yeah. there and I was when I saw that I was like I just saw that at the museum. <laughs> I will say I love that intro. Like that is like mm-hmm. an awesome like having all those street signs. Like I like I want like uh, there's like they're just cool signs. I want like I, yeah. It's just like you don't see that often. Uh, and and like yeah, Ernest Dickerson is like yeah, hundred percent like they're like earning his lunch here. Like he is yeah. fucking huge, yeah. huge factor in the early Spike Lee films. Yeah, and he and he directed Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, one of the greatest. Billy Zane's ever uh, made, yeah, finest wow. work. One of yeah. one of the greatest films. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, he, when are we gonna do Billy Zane? Yeah, <laughs> man, I mean, wasn't that rich, be... rich? <laughs> yeah, we Titanic. Yeah, you got his cameo in Zoolander. Yeah, you got um... his cameo in Zoolander uh, too. The Phantom. The Phantom. The Phantom. Oh. Yes. Uh, that one movie uh, he made with the money from Titanic, he got where like. I think he doesn't speak a well. Like it's a silent film, maybe. It's like an insane. It's not a. It's it's interesting. I, I kudos to Zane. You're a weird. You're an odd bird, and we love you. Yeah. Uh, I woke up early the day I died. Yo, never heard of it. No dialogue in this movie. It's nuts. It's a weird. I saw this like 
along and it's like i think it's like an ed wood script too it's uh. it's it's he's billy zane is a weird man <laughs> he's yeah. in he's in tombstone he's oh. in um mario he's in mario van people's film uh, posse oh yeah orlando um i mean he yeah he had a run there i mean he yeah I mean, he's a total hunk, so he's going to be in things. Right. You know, they're not going to stop putting him in things. And <laughs> he's, yeah. No, yeah, he's, he's great. A... He, he's terrific in Titanic. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's truly yeah. terrific. Yeah. Also, isn't he in MacGruber? The most recent? Yes. Uh, he's like the baddie. I, I haven't finished the yeah. MacGruber series. I never started. Right. I started. The, yeah, his the name episodes. is uh, Brigadier Commander Enos Queef. God bless you, MacGruber. <laughs> 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 oh, well done. Yeah. Uh, They've they've never never missed an opportunity yeah. on that uh, with the, in their universe too. Yeah. really. I mean, Dieter von Kampf is one of the great character names. Oh wow! Yeah, one of the great characters. <laughs> one of the great uh, characters. Yeah. I, I like I, if we ever do Val a Kilmer, Kilmer into it. Yeah, yeah. If we ever, if we ever do a yeah. Kilmer bracket. He's gonna he, McGruber's in it, and he's yeah. gonna win it. That's my yeah. Sorry, Heat. <laughs> sorry, Heat. Yeah, sorry. The doors. Sorry, the doors. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh... <laughs> Sorry, uh, Willow. <laughs> How dare you? How you? dare you? Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, this is a... Could get back to Jungle Fever. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he... <laughs> it is kind of like... And I, I dig it. I think it... I, I like it when directors do this. And um, so many of, like, the truly good ones end up in this place of, like... You've gotten all this acclaim. You've become, like, this kind of, like, the hot young name and then you get to play with house money right and no one's gonna stop you right and it can get a little unwieldy yeah but i mean like if you look at like i mean a movie like scorsese's new york new york or paul thomas anderson's magnolia yeah they're just going just do do what you want to do do what you want to do and i i love like the pure like shot to the veins of just kind of their thing and i think this movie definitely hits all those marks completely and i agree with you guys i'm surprised spike didn't say like let's do it 180 minutes right yeah <laughs> you know, like, yeah i would i would love to know what the editing process of this movie was like because it feels like it was probably a bear like ooh, yeah yeah i mean just tying all of this together what he's trying to to hit and i i mean there were so many scenes in it to me that were just like super powerful that aren't like the scene in the crack house the taj mahal Mm -hmm. is just like one of the most like incredible images in the Mm -hmm. entire movie has almost next to nothing to do with anything important in the movie other than obviously like we see what gator is coming from but it's just like like that for me is just like like it shows so much of his skill and obviously like the cinematographer's skill in there that, but it was just, it, it's, it, how do you make sense of that scene with everything else that's coming before and after, you know? Yeah. It, that, it, it feels like it truly does feel like that's like, a, and we had the same, a similar experience with new Jack city where like Chris rock has like an, an entire arc in, in new Jack city. That's yeah. almost mm-hmm. completely divorced from the film. Like you can cut it out of the film and it's like, Oh, you got like a 20 minute short film in here. Right. Like, yeah. Go and win like an Oscar. Or right. But there's no, um, but, uh, uh, this one has no iced tea jumping off 50 foot barriers into like a barrel roll while firing guns. I mean, yeah, like, that is true. Like, I, I, although it would have been cool if Ossie Davis did that at one point, like, you know, he saw, <laughs> 
saw, saw you know, Gator take the TV, and he's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. I have the power of God. No. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he shoots his son in the dick. Like, that's like, like how... Why there? Why not lift the gun? Like, it just yeah. felt so much more cruel. I'm just like, even if we allow for, like, it's just a stomach shot, like, how do you do that to a human? Like, you know he's just going to die out for, like, 30 minutes on your floor. I mean, we it saw was... it in The Hateful Eight. Sam yeah, Jackson right. got shot in the dick in that one, right, too, and, and it took true. forever. Oh, <laughs> God, right. Uh, yeah, like, that, that, poor, that poor dick is not going to break. <laughs> he's just got it. that kind of face, you know? It's just like, you just want to shoot him in the dick. Well, you know he's going to react in a very cinematic way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, Sam, we, uh, we love you, we respect you, but you, yeah. just, you have a great you know, uh, facial expressions. We, you, oh, when, you, when you when you have shock on your face, it's like, please let us shoot you in the dick just one more time for this <laughs> just one. Just once. <laughs> I, I do. I think everybody who does all the supporting roles in this movie really like they're really all pretty uniformly good, and I enjoy it quite a bit. But I think it's because I actually really like the give and take between Flipper and Angie. That I keep coming back, like I want more scenes, which is the two of them. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, well, like they don't give them like enough, like, like it truly does, like feel, um, like, like them. Their initial tryst almost feels like it's beyond their control. Like it feels like something from like it feels like something that was like destined to happen like this is like some sort of greek tragedy mm -hmm. sort of right. thing that's going to play out because they just they don't i feel like they don't initially give you enough to like kind of like justify their like love for each other or at least yeah. their alliance um and then it's interesting to watch them like over time realize oh we really don't love each other like oh no like like i don't yeah. want a baby i don't want to you know i want a kid um yeah, I'm looking through Spike's uh, filmography right now to see if he has any, like, a more traditional love story in his know. filmography. And I don't yeah. know if that's something he's, like, hugely interested in. Right. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, he definitely hasn't done, like, I Must Love Dogs. Although, please. No, please, yeah, please. <laughs> like, I mean, we're all um, <laughs> un Under the Tuscan Sun directed by spike lee if, that's uh, what i'd like to see spike yeah. lee directed a sequel to under the tuscan sun right because he likes yeah he clearly likes benson her you know john turturro's <laughs> yeah. character maybe he loves he john turturro yeah, <laughs> so his father you know maybe his father has like a house in tuscany flipper <laughs> goes to tuscany after yeah after after anthony quinn finally kicks the bucket he gets rid of his terrible dad right um <laughs> finds his he's like oh I, money. I sold the <laughs> yeah, sandwich I sold yeah. the abusive sandwich shop <laughs> <You're right. laughs> yeah the abusive is the abusive sandwich shop oh, it's God. Evil. yeah that is yeah. a toxic environment yeah to hang that, out that, the sandwich shop needs to be dragged to hell yeah <laughs> oh yeah like the same six assholes every oh, day right speaking of the worst Greek chorus uh, ever. Right. yeah constantly just burping up ebb cream uh, awful God. like oh man awful yeah who the, who the even in the year of our lord 1991 who was eating egg drinking egg creams then i had and, one when i lived in new york for 10 years and i had one so that i would know what it was and it was just like this is it's like it's like a protein shake seltzer like it's fucking disgusting yeah, that sounds <laughs> awful that sounds awful yeah i also don't think that there's caffeine in it maybe i'm wrong but the scene where he had like five and he's like violently shaking yeah. I was just like, is there a lot of sugar in it? maybe it's sugar yeah i guess yeah, so maybe he's just 
I don't like it. Very I, it, weird. It, it, it. I don't like the name. It does. It could. It could taste yeah. like. It could taste like pepperoni pizza. Right. But it's called egg cream, and I don't yeah. really like. Same with. Yeah, um, I don't like the name eggnog. I don't trust that beverage sure. either because yeah. I just that's an unappetizing name. Well, and it's daring you to like, is it cooked? Is it not cooked? Is it just raw egg? Like, it's just like, you're just, here's a salmonella drink. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is this? Yeah. It's also that and like chocolate, uh, chocolate phosphates. Like I'm not, I am not drinking a phosphate, sir. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know the chemistry. Just put a brand name on it. Yeah. That like, drink sounds like it's like going to turn me into Spider-Man or something. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is the venom goop. Yeah. I, this I, is the I venom goop. Want, yeah. I do not want to drink the venom goop, sir. I'm not a symbiote. Don't want to become one. <laughs> Thank you very much. But what what did you guys think of um, Wesley Snipes in this film? I thought he was um, I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was like I think yeah. he um, I think sometimes because I think he likes to be flamboyant and freakier. Yeah, I think that's his like natural state. Yeah, and we've noticed that in some of his more downbeat roles that he kind of his footing isn't all the way there. But I think he feels comfortable, and I think obviously Spike Lee is a great director to kind of yeah. help guide him too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I felt like the a lot of the um, kind of like more extreme stuff, he's just he commits so hard to it and it's mm-hmm. just it's fun to watch. And then I I think what I noticed the most in this watching it, especially right after watching uh, One Night Stand, is he just feels like super relaxed at a lot, a lot of a lot of moments throughout the movie. It felt like he's he's just kind of like able to be himself, be present have some joy like he it felt like he was reacting like especially some of the scenes with him and spike mm-hmm. whereas like yeah. spike's a little bit more of an awkward actor yeah to me it's just like you see wesley like actually laughing and like really seeming to enjoy his himself with with him and i the only parts that i mean i felt like some of the more kind of like quiet dramatic moments like i just i i feel like he he just felt like a little um like not grounded. Like it just felt like he wasn't sure what to do. And so he tended to do nothing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it just felt like a little bit wooden, a little like just kind of like I have to be quiet and serious. And so I'm just going to be like super still without like, I don't know, like without like much life there, I guess mm-hmm. that's what I was, I was missing. I think we've kind of noticed that too in films like the fan and sugar Hill too yeah. with him when he's placed in that situation. Whereas like you see him in, Demolition Man or Tu Wong Fu or Dolmite or things of that nature where he's a little able to play yeah. a little bit more. He yeah. like and he's enthusiastic he's he's an enthusiast enthusiastic participant in right. those kind of moments. Yeah. Like he's willing to like he's willing to, you know, do something crazy, look even a little foolish. Like he can he'll like do he'll 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 make fun choices, but I think it's like yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when, uh, Randy, when he gets, like, when he has to just kind of be a normal guy, then then it, that's kind of when um, he kind of shelves up a little bit. And you wish maybe, yeah. like, and, I, and I'm not sure how you, you handled that. Because, like, yeah, maybe maybe you, you allow him to be a little weirder in the moment. I don't know. Well, yeah. our ne- and I think our next movie, I think, allows oh yeah for yeah, yeah, weird you know. weird guy weird guy to meet normal guy in yeah, right. at the, at the yeah. yeah that's that's true maybe that's not the answer who knows we'll see uh, we'll see but I, I mean i think that he's got some very nice scenes i think when yeah i think when he's able to kind of like whether it's with 
Spike Lee or Annabella Sciorra when he's able just to kind of relax and yeah, just like let on his natural charm and kind of charisma. Yeah, play a little bit more. Yeah, he's he's terrific. You know what? I re- I really liked it when he was just eating like Chinese food. Yeah, those are the scenes where it feels like he's just being himself. Like it feels mm-hmm. like he's just like letting the walls down and just kind of like you know opening up. Yeah, and I I really like that. But I say I, I wanted to eat Chinese food after both of these films too, because there was uh, two <laughs> scenes where they eat Chinese food, and um, yeah, yeah, the dinner scene, yeah, the, cr- right. the, the fabled right. crotch the moment, fabled crotch <laughs> moment. They're enjoying <laughs> Chinese food before that happens. Right. The I I think I I remember too where I was really seeing the the awkwardnesses, and and I think it's probably intentional is when he's at work. And he feels like this character feels like he has to put on a certain thing. Like we know that he's the yeah. only black guy in the office and like he's trying to compete in this world. And and I I, I feel like that was probably directorial. I think that that's probably yeah. like what Spike wanted was like a guy who feels like he has to put on this other persona for that job. That, but I, yeah. I think like maybe it's like a skill thing. Maybe it's just like a direction thing and it or a taste thing for me. But I just like it felt to me like he didn't quite have the the skill to make that a, a character choice that like felt like that character's living in it. It felt mm-hmm. more like, and now I'm Wesley having to do this thing. You know, it felt like a little bit more like robotic, I think. Gotcha. I think maybe if um, they had presented even more of his kind of um, distaste for the yeah. environment, like even more elements to that, like he, a couple more scenes with his wife were right. Like, cause the scene with his wife, when he's saying he's going to ask for the promotion, he seems pretty, positive yeah that he's right. gonna get it and if um yeah if they had alluded maybe because i like the idea like we were talking a little bit about that scene and how wild that scene gets and the camera oh, spinning love, around the room yeah. and everything yeah. like that yeah right. um but it, like if this idea that he's like he's walking around so tense yeah. all the time because the environment is so like un like antagonistic casually right antagonistic and unfriendly um that i do like the idea that he's ready to explode and if they had kind of like laid the groundwork for that like that he's ready to explode i think that that scene would have made because that scene comes on really really fucking hot (laughs) (laughs) like these guys hate you what are you doing yeah tim robbins is like no i'm i'm a deeply angry racist man and yeah, i'm revealing right. that to you right now yeah, <laughs> like, right. i'm a jerk i am yeah. a jerk wesley that's like really good uh, i will say kudos is those are like really good good skeezy casting brad Dourif and tim yeah. uh robbins like yeah those two guys with slick back hair it's like man oily oily just yeah just like perfect call on, yeah. on I, Jer- I, Jerry and Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I would have probably been inclined to switch those roles. And I like that yeah. where they are. Like, 100%. I like Tim Robbins is actually like the dick and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and having to basically like him, him be the one that we always love. We always are rooting for Tim Robbins. And then he's like this fucking asshole. Oh, totally. Brad Dervis, yeah. who has played a psycho exactly. in like Everything. 75 yeah. movies. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Grima Wormtongue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, Chucky. Yeah. yeah, Chucky himself. Yeah, right. Mr. Chucky. Yeah, but right. uh, yeah, uh, I feel like sometimes too, yeah, uh, you, I feel like Snipes is also not always helped in Jungle Fever by editing choices or yeah. direction. Just because like, I think about the ending where he just like yeah i guess this would be a good time to discuss the final moments of the the film that that was definitely like a what's happening what yeah (laughs) this ending 
Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's like, shot yeah. like a parody. Yep. <laughs> well, and also like the no is like half energy. It's like exactly. He sees it as a tragedy. He sees this as like massive Greek tragedy at the end. Yeah. Of the but I just feel like we've seen him commit so hard to like the extremes. And in that moment, it just kind of I agree. It felt like half filled. It just felt like kind of like his rehearsal take and then they were like that's fine we got yeah it. like it needed <laughs> so, a better no it, I, like, think that, right. I honestly think if, if wesley had seen her and like all that had happened to him over the last you know hour 130 minutes he saw in this young woman and what if he had just like given her a quiet hug and cried and yeah. the camera slowly yeah. Pulled out. Yeah. There you go. Better. Infinitely <laughs> yeah. better. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's it, honestly the, the scene does just it's just the no. The, the no is half masked. You want a full mask? No. Yeah. The, the zoom, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, well, the zoom yeah, is just the yeah. boom shot is very. So strange. yeah, I guess we should make it clear. Um, Flipper and Angie's relationship has not worked out. They've both reluctantly been allowed back into their homes. Yeah. Um, After some horrible uh, one deserved, maybe on one end or like semi deserved, and then the other like well, not think, at all. I think that uh, Flipper's wife Drew was very justified totally, in throwing his shit out sure. the window. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. Regardless of anything, he cheated on her. No, yeah. no, she Wesley Snipes is the bad guy. I, I was more the not deserved is the Frank uh, Vincent yes. who like Frank yeah. Vincent is not deserved. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> an evil right. just be just becomes an God. evil being. Yeah. Just yeah. like re- reviewing this, this is a very dramatic film. There's <laughs> a lot that happens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh yeah, it all comes to yeah. him after he kinda he he's leaving his apartment. He said sex to his daughter's joy yeah um, with yeah. his wife yeah. that's a but it's still very very tenuous between yeah. him and his wife he walks outside and a young um crack addicted prostitute propositions him and his response is to grab well, her I'll, as I'll... tightly as hard as he can and yeah, yell well, no into the air yeah <laughs> right. well i call it when the thing too is like, the thing that like really trips him up is like she calls him daddy yeah yeah, and so I that's think like that. Uh, and I and think so he's like, like yeah, this, this is like, the, this could this be is, my daughter someday. Right. It's all no. gonna be compounded into my daughter in this yeah, position. Right. right. It fe- yeah, it feels God, yeah, it does feel like he's kind of doing sometimes you watch this and you're like, I think this would almost work better. Uh, I'm gonna sound crazy. This would almost work better like on stage, like as like a stage drama. Like it feels yeah. like it has like like I kept thinking like a view from the bridge or something like something right. like that. We're like, yeah, we're like, there's like these high crazy stakes yeah. and there's like moments he also, like spiky like an archness. Yeah. He very really loves that though. Like he is like a fan of like the Arthur Miller stuff. He's a huge, like, on the waterfront, Ilya right. Kazan fan. He right. does really like high drama. Well, the well, scene it, with John Turturro yelling at Anthony Quinn is just like, it feels like it's from an Arthur Miller play. Like, it feels <laughs> like it's lifted from All My Sons. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, the, all those. Well, that that one, or like this, or the moment when uh, they, uh, are, you talking about, are you talking about the last, the final moment between them or the one where like, he's like, can I use the bathroom? And he's like, no. The, yeah, in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> that is the best scene. It's so wild. It's so crazy. <laughs> you just like, have to pee, right? You promise. <laughs> <laughs> no tricking me. Oh my God. <laughs> just immediately beats oh the shit out of the girl. Just like. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And when John DeTero's friends beat the shit out of him. Oh it's yeah. Just, 
it's he, and then they just the haircut Spike right. Lee gave John Turturro. Just yeah. Like, oh yeah, he looks really like a Tim good. Burton character. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and like the clothes too. It's like he has that that like skin colored sweater that he's mm-hmm. wearing all the time. It's just yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it is a top of the line 1991 clothes movie. Yeah. Just from everyone, from everyone oh, yeah. involved. <laughs> I mean, the Wesley Snipes like the shirt tie combo, the striped one where it's like yeah. the red and white like sort of like candy cane striped shirt, and then like the same pattern but diagonal yeah. tie. It's so good. Oh uh, man, <sighs> yeah. You know, it wasn't boring. No, it was it wasn't wild and it was wild and exciting. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I. This is these are the kind of movies that I like to watch the most for our show. It's just yeah. you know, the Serpicos and the Godfathers of the World. These are wonderful, yeah. terrific movies. But if we can watch some movies that like have really really high points and really really kind of what the hell mm-hmm. points. Oh that, yeah, that's our that's our bread and butter. On this yeah, show. give me your any given Sundays. Give me your. Yeah. Your jungle bring, beavers. Yeah. Bring them to us. Yes. And, yeah. and perhaps bring me your one night stands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and <laughs> we said, you know, Wesley has some great high moments in this, maybe a few flatter moments, but we'll see how it matches up against 1997's mm-hmm. One Night Stand. Yeah. Written, directed, and produced by Mike Figgis, another auteurist work this week. Um, this one has a wide-ranging and just kind of thrilling supporting cast, all things considered. We got Wesley Snipes, who has another great name, Maximilian Carlyle. I mean, mm-hmm. another crazy name. Um, mm-hmm. Natasha Kinski, Kyle MacLachlan, Ming-Na Wen, Robert Downey Jr., Glenn Plummer, Amanda Donahue, um, Spanglish is Thomas Hayden Church, who, who introduces himself in the very similar way that even Spanglish is just a trouble cu- troubling customer. He's yeah. this guy, just a, a, an annoying stooge. This guy represents the evil wasp in uh, yuppie environments. Yeah, and he, uh, Julian Sands, um, uh, Academy Academy favorite Xander Berkeley is in the mix. Ioni Sky and Donovan Leach, uncredited. Um, oh, wow. And of course, um, Cliff from Cheers, yeah. John Ratzenberger himself. <laughs> um, this one um, budgeted at $23 million, made 2.6. Uh, so not so good. Smell in his head. Dang. Oh, uh, tough one. Um, has a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. There is. No real critical consensus listed on Wikipedia. Major oh. commercial failure. Oh, um, that's not a that's that's not a good sign. In 1999, two years after, Figus said, "I still don't quite know what happened with One Night Stand." <laughs> um, Wesley Snipes did win the Volpe Cup for Best Actor at the Venice Film Festival for this movie, which to this date is probably the most prestigious award Wesley Snipes has won. Yeah. So, and was in noting that and reading his biography before we started the show was a large reason why we chose this movie <laughs> to <laughs> um, to be a part of this yeah. tournament. I, I mean, it's like you look at the Volpe Cup winners in the past, and it's like, okay, like uh, Jack Lemon for Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, River uh, Phoenix for My Private Idaho. 
Okay. All very good. I believe Brad Pitt won for the assassination of Jesse James. I mean, some some strong performances. So it's like, yeah, it's like it's I I don't like not trust the Volpe Cup. But what um, was the what was its competition in '97? I wonder. It's an excellent question. I don't know. I don't don't think it it doesn't. Unfortunately, Wikipedia does not provide sole submission. (laughs) The the only film (laughs) of that year. I mean, it was you know they were like they had high hopes. <laughs> I hopes for the living. I hopes, but you know it. It, it is, you know. But we can, we can. Um, Patrick, do you want to give a rundown on the plot, and I can actually do a little bit of background research on the fifty fourth Venice Film Festival. Sure. Oh, you know who the head of jury was? I, I'm already here. Head of jury was Jane Campion, who's going to win Best Director at the Academy Awards this Sunday, probably. Wow. Yeah. Um, so no less than uh, Jane Campion. Um, in terms of other films in the contest, I'm just trying to see if there's any I've even seen. Niagara, uh, Niagara. I mean, I'm sure some of these are quite in fireworks from Takashi Kitano. Um, beat Takashi. Uh won the golden lion oh that's what that award is okay yeah that's the big one um it definitely feels though that for the most part i mean in the uh critics week they played gummo from harmony corinne which is probably not even in competition i would say is probably the film from this year that people still kind of look at yeah. yeah, I mean, there are big direct. There are some some noteworthy directors in here, but overall, it doesn't seem like it was the hottest year for, right. um, for the Venice Film Festival. It but could be yeah, a fun. This could be a fun bonus episode in the future. A little that, deep dive into Venice Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. See, the fifty fourth Venice Film Festival occurring from August twenty seventh <laughs> to September sixth of nineteen ninety seven. Basic story of One Night Stand. Um, film is narrated by Max Carlyle, and we can get to him talking at the camera. At the opening of this movie and then never talking at the camera again i'm not gonna lie yeah very weird i wish he did i, I almost, wish he talked to the camera the entire way through I, yeah. I wanted to i really wanted to open this episode i couldn't find the music from that moment because i really wanted to open this podcast me going hi i'm patrick gremion i'm a podcaster <laughs> this is my good friend don he has a he has a wife i don't have a wife <laughs> i 100 percent do not have a wife i do not have a wife sir <laughs> don't you like... dare say i have a wife <laughs> oh my goodness uh, some of the vibes of yeah. that monologue yeah. no 100 percent. yeah right uh yeah so um he's a filmmaker commercial director living in los angeles happily married to mimi played by ming na he has two children always visiting new york um he's working on some projects he visits with his old friend charlie played by robert downey jr who uh reveals that he is hiv positive he is 100 gay wesley snipes definitely 100 is not gay we yeah let's revisit that <laughs> In the yes, next we will. Scene. We will talk <laughs> about establish that it in, in the monologue. Like, establish in the, it in the scene, monologue, just so we know. Yeah. yeah, this is not a gay. This is definitely not a gay man. Yeah, without a doubt, he's really good friends with him. Yeah, it's almost yeah. as if the writer of the movie, uh, who incorporated the gay friend, uh, wanted to make clear that the character that's sort of his analog isn't like none of them, not me. Uh, 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 right. uh, yeah, and to prove it, um, <laughs> Wesley it Snipes. Uh, says it a bunch and then meets Karen played by Nastasha Kinski and they have a um, 
quite a wild courtship um, yeah. <laughs> involving an amazing uh like he if one if they had had kids together, their kid would have been a like a lame Batman <laughs> based on that like robbery. <laughs> Lamest oh, Batman, God. but like oh yeah, because it starts off that they're in a hotel and right. I guess like the UN. There's a UN meeting. It's really funny. It rocked. It, it actually yeah. that entire sequence totally rocks. It's it like yeah. where did like did they just hear that this was happening? The, all this parade and marches and stuff. I'm like, hey, oh, let's go shoot down right, there. Oh, that stuff yeah. rules. The can man? I want more of the can. What is and, that dude's and story? And of course, we're also introduced to the hotel concierge who sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Only yeah. to have Patrick help me out in revealing that it is the director doing a cameo uh, that scene. Yeah. and he looks like the director of this movie <laughs> yes, like, if, you were gonna, <laughs> if you were gonna like have a uh who's this stilted guy with weird <laughs> facial hair and even yeah. weirder haircut this job yeah, yeah. <laughs> this dude looks who's like he's about to 15 uh, years too old for this job yeah. right. <laughs> a guy is about to sing sammy davis jr songs like at the drop of a dime any moment <laughs> yes yeah, so basically wesley and karen max and karen um they have quite a time together mm. they end up hooking up yes uh and yeah, after defeating yeah the mug the mugger and like very weird yeah. yeah go goes home and we he meets up with his wife who i have to say mike figgis you got to give him credit for the hot pink jeep that she picks him up cool. in. Yeah. What a rad yeah. character choice. Big old it, statement. Right. Yeah. Away. It's like, yeah. okay, I got an idea maybe what this lady's all about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Move over, Sob from Drive yeah. My Car. There's yeah. a new car in town. Right. And it's, it's driven it's by a it's driven by a very demanding lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. um, uh. He stinks to high heaven of something. <laughs> Yeah, she has an odd odor. Her description is amazing. It's like, what's that smell? It's sharp and sour. Like, it's like, like, what is that? What is the sommelier of like sex smells? What are those as tactile? What are those as taste? It's Max and or Karen or both like ill. (laughs) well i mean it's been three what two two days at least that he's at a shower and he's been Mm -hmm. to a juilliard concert and a mugging and it's like you know he's He's got got a and he has a black heart right yeah Yeah, to make that that's true yeah make that abundantly clear uh he goes home and that smell (laughs) chasing his ass home yeah, kids are like, "What's up? This smells." Kids weird. are wondering about it, and then, of course, most of all, their damn dog uh, won't get off yeah. his nuts. Yeah, needs um, Ozzy Davis around to shoot it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not Ozzy Davis needs to shoot that dog. And it's and it just like starts. I, I, what I like about it is it starts off. It's like okay, this is gonna just kind of be a '90s, yeah, kind of erotic cheating thriller, right? And then Figus just starts piling strange decision on strange decision on strange decision. And so we cut to a year later and Max is flying to visit Charlie in the hospital. Charlie is take, is not in good health. He's dying of AIDS and um, meets Max's Charlie's brother, Vernon, yeah. played by 
Dale Cooper himself, Kyle McLaughlin. They're like, yeah, the first like two like minute you see him, you're like, it's this is like Glover? Like, you're, yeah, you're I thought he was right, Robert Downey's right, yeah. partner, but no, he's his uh, judgmental conservative brother. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the antithesis of a lover. Yeah. yeah, right. Got it. And it just so. Do you guys should we spoil how this all goes? Because yeah, of course, no one's gonna yeah. see this. No, they they should. They, they should. Really should. They really should. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Max uh, vows to take care of Charlie, leading to some legitimately pretty wonderful acting and emotional sequences that we'll get into in just a moment here. It's pretty actually quite some of the best stuff we've it's seen the best this stuff. season it's, yeah it's easily the best part of this movie and yes. probably oh, the yeah. best yeah like by yeah. far so then one day they're having a bit of a get together a party in um charlie's hospital room and uh oh vernon brought his wife guess who his wife is it's Karen, what Natasha the Kinski. You know. Oh you man, know. which got the first patented Dawn gasp <laughs> of the film. <laughs> I, I, if I, I, it was a good thing I wasn't drinking a Lacroix at the time. It would have been all over the room. <laughs> really gotcha. Oh, I was like, came out of nowhere. Oh my uh, god! And boy, they still got the hots for each other yeah. after all this. And then unfortunately, uh, Charlie passes away, and they hold a bacchanal of a funeral for him with perhaps the largest photo of Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> from earlier <laughs> in the movie. You could ever. <laughs> I didn't have a, like a Insane. thought of it. So after this is all over, and you're like, you have to clean up and put things. Where are you putting this gigantic billboard of your dead brother? Yeah, in the guest room. Right Probably. Yeah. yeah. Putting yeah. it in the I would just imagine like, you know, in the future, like he's going to the garage to like, you know, like his yeah. wife is like, Hey, can you get like some uh pizza uh, wine out of the wine cellar in the garage and like he just goes just and behind just... like the shelf because <laughs> yeah. like, pulls the wine bottle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a downy's eye. Yeah. <laughs> this thing is fucking huge. Yeah, that's oh man, just a massive, yeah. And yeah, um, this leads to his party. Everybody's there. Um, they've had an uncomfortable dinner with both couples at this point. Oh my god! Yeah, set to like <sighs> uh, the like Japanese flute with uh, some insane like what was it like uh, some of the lines that Wesley delivers where it's like I believe the mudslides the mudslides are... <laughs> were intentional. Yeah, he's he some dead or whatever. It's just like, yeah. what the fuck does that mean? He is like right on the edge in this movie of of like cracking up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Any moment he's just gonna like, that's <laughs> like drop kick Kyle McLaughlin yeah, or something, yeah, and like or like uh, the part where like um, you feel like there's this part where he's gonna like get up and tear out Thomas Hayden Church's earring just like yeah, out right. of nowhere. Or something like that. <laughs> no, but then and then like there's like the one moment where they're like uh, like you've been to Albany or whatever. Like his wife is like we've been to Al- we have friends. In yeah, Albany, we? Seem, like, then, I've never then, been. To- what is Albany? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Wesley, Albany doesn't exist. Yeah, he just right. no, he, he just goes no. I think he just goes like no. We don't have friends. Yeah, and he's yeah. like he 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 is just an emotional pendulum <laughs> in this film. <laughs> so it's only you may not see the emotion, but it's you there. May not see it. yeah. then at one point, like Karen just like lays down on the kitchen floor and like let's go right now, right. and I'm like right. And, 
this is right when my wife walked in and I had to uh, recap, <laughs> recap what had been okay, gone down. Okay. And she got up. Have a seat for a second. She got up very fast. She was like, in the kitchen at the at Robert Downey's funeral with yeah. everybody there. I'm like, yeah, that seems to be the direction there. Yeah. No, I don't I don't get it either. It was just an un like it was an irresistible connection between the two of them. They that had to, you know, they had that's to. between them. That is yeah. so intimate <laughs> that many of us kind of yeah. missed it. Yeah. But... No, it's so intimate that the audience is not let in. <laughs> yeah, the audience yeah. wasn't invited. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Keeping it away from the viewer. Exactly. That they go outside <laughs> because they're like, we're just have sex in the garden yeah it's it's more a more a much more prudent location you would think yeah Uh oh we're heading toward the big one when i really should not have had my Lacroix going because they look up they, they are humping in the garden they look up into what looked like a guest house or something like that yeah, yeah greenhouse good greenhouse place. i think there's a couch in there though and oh right right yeah holy shit is that Kyle McLaughlin Vernon himself on the couch and does he sit up and is he making out with fucking Mimi (laughs) (laughs) we got a couple swap I I was also watching this next to my wife and she was like playing a video game and I just like kept pausing it and bringing her up to speed but at the dinner scene I said I want this movie to end with a foursome between these all four of these and it fucking did i was so happy to get that scene (laughs) but then what follows fades out oh no just this awesome like photo freeze frame thing on both of them like we've all been caught in the moment when you first see him i thought he was dead like the way that it was shot it just looked like a body like he's perfectly still like you don't quite get the sense that it's like them getting caught. It's just like it's very strange. It's like, like dead, dead the, the surprise, dead surprise, surprise. Yeah. And <laughs> the you, shot killed him. You could literally feel the director in the editing room like pumping his fist, like we're gonna get these this motherfucking audience, but they're gonna like their asses are gonna be blown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're gonna be firing out of their chairs like there's a rock uh, underneath of it. Yeah. Um. Then it leads to this scene. Where they're back at the sushi restaurant. Exactly so one year later. Exactly to the, one year later. <laughs> super same title. four couples. And Figus decides to give us like this six-minute scene of just inane dialogue. Like bougie, because like, yeah. it's all of us sitting here screaming at the screen. So who's what is what is the relationship? And I bet I Randy, I was like saying. Let's all get them like popping into a limo together yes. and we yes. all live together <laughs> yeah. now. They're yep. a quadruple now. Yes. yes. And I, I mean, that's what we wanted the most open minded of endings to. And if they had gone down that road, I would have given fucking four stars on Letterboxd. Oh, right. if they had given us that. Yeah, right. they, all, like, they all live in a giant shoe together. Hell yeah. Like, let's, let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, the subtitle of the film One Night Stand in Crazy Town. <laughs> like, yeah, in Toontown. Yeah. Fair yeah. <laughs> Roger Rabbit in there, too. Why not? But then we find out that they have swapped. And Kyle yeah. and me and uh, Mimi get in the car, get into a car together. And Natasha and Wesley walk off, and we were given this feeling like, oh, do we have a happy ending here? Right. And, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I think there are a lot of roads this movie could have taken, but this yeah. one seems like the blandest. Yeah. Them yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy because they did wipe swap. Yeah, and they wipe swap. swap That's still. Insane. Right. Which is insane. Yeah. 
yeah. and I, at the end of it, I was like, I don't know if that was good, but I think that movie kind of rocked at the same time. <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah, it was a journey. It was a ride. And yeah. there are other scenes like we get to see Wesley Snipes in action at his office. This leads to probably my favorite scene we've seen all season, which is he has to pitch John Ratzenberger's pickle and sauerkraut company on a hot new MTV styled commercial <laughs> that he's not having anything to do with, despite his boss, Don Thomas Hayden church, <laughs> trying to tell him otherwise. And, uh, I, I will never not whenever I see sauerkraut ever again. I am going to say sauerkraut is no longer hot for the kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not in season, not in season. I hope it's on YouTube. I, no, you know it's up there with Chris Walken's Marie Callender's speech in Geely in terms of true madness. Yeah, yeah, of what we have seen on this show. I think it took me a minute to understand that he was like intentionally tanking that pitch. Like I was just like, <sighs> okay, this is kind of interesting. Like yeah. the way that commercials are these days, it's just like, yeah, that seems like that would work. Yeah, National Pickle <laughs> Awards, why not? The Royal right. Family, that's a bit of a yeah. stretch, but you know, they could probably get one yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and it was so it was so strange and how Wesley like flipped like I'm this serious artist. I have not proved it once. Right. Beyond right. this one moment in this movie, but I'm a serious artist. Yes. And I mean, I thought that there was like as Tom Patrick, I really thought it was brilliant. To with the one time we see one of his commercials, he's ripping off Robert Downey Jr.'s like stage piece. Right. And yeah. it shows how empty of an artist Wesley yeah. Snipes' character 100%. really is. Yeah. I was like, I thought that was, and it's never addressed. We're like, it's left up to us as like strong, paying attention audience members to say, oh, he's not yeah. particularly like the most creative guy in the world. But I almost wonder if the intention was like, that's a tribute to his friend and we're, oh, we're that's seeing too like bad. how much he actually cares for him that he's like you know oh that's good that's a good point taking his mm -hmm. artistry without crediting him and making money off of yeah. it well, like, yeah I guess this movie's not about critiquing but I, I like the idea of it nonetheless <laughs> but it's, it's still this, like this shows, I, this shows you my cynical ass <laughs> well I think like the, the fact that like you know we're both bringing up you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s character and their relationship Infinite that like it, that that movie is so much more interested in that than any of the one night stand stuff. And of Robert Downey yeah. Jr. is bringing the heat in his yeah. performance yeah. in yeah. a pretty profound way. Actually. And, and, and yeah, I mean, he was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's truly like really, really fucking good in this movie. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think I can't. Remember. He brings out more emotion as Snipes than we've seen from any other co-star. <laughs> this season yeah, yeah. oh a hundred percent well and i think that like downey jr was like really going through a problem with yes drugs yeah. in this moment like yeah. and i think like he uh you know it's funny because like they talked about how like he had recently like uh you know had some drug issues and that you know i think he like uh i can't remember off the top of my head like something there was been like some sort of fiasco before they shot he said that Downey, Figgis said Downey showed up to their introductory meeting barefoot, high, and brandishing a handgun. All right. And yeah. he was, and he, and Walt, when principal photography was still occurring, this is when Downey was arrested for cocaine and heroin possession and breaking into his neighbor's house. Right. Whoa. And um, right. just days after this, he showed up on set and was like, complete pro and like knocked out his seats completely out of the park and everyone was like whoa this is wild but they said yeah. too like they considered like actively pushing him 
for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars for it, which I actually think there probably was a legitimate conversation to be yeah. had there. Um, but he would have been in prison when the awards took place. Man. <laughs> and now he's like a zillionaire and he just yeah. like shills for Marvel and he's completely healthy and does Tai Chi and shit. Doolittle. He's Doolittle. He's America's <laughs> favorite Dr. Doolittle. Uh, probably the part he's most known for, the judge. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's the titular judge. He may or may, maybe. I don't know. I never saw it. <laughs> yeah. He's Mr. Solo from Going Solo. Or what was that one movie? He's, he's the titular do of Due Date. Uh, Zach yeah. Galifianakis plays yeah. the part of Date. Yeah, Jonathan Dew and Edgar Date. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have to ironically make a Due Date. Oh, yeah. God. It's funny that, that that's their names. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, I remember when I saw that in theaters and I just, I was like trenchant. Yeah. Trenchant. Kind of, I mean, apropos, had, apropos. I, yeah, I did you know, a slow golf clap. There was, some, there was definitely something I had to say. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but it, there is something interesting. So, the background on this script, which is really kind of wild, is that the original script was by Joe Eskerhouse, who you all may know from writing Basic Instinct and Sliver yeah. and Jade, and, uh, a master of a certain type of film, right. the, yeah. the erotic thriller. Right. He was like, uh, wasn't he like one of the most high paid? So he sold a four page outline for one night stand to New Line Pictures for $2.5 million. Jesus Christ. With an additional $1.5 to be paid once filming started. Wow. Boy, that Coke money in the early 90s <laughs> just flying around. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, he basically was paid for an idea and they were going to get Adrian Lyne to direct it, who, of course, did Fatal Attraction and the recent Dark Water, like the Ben Affleck one that just came out on Hulu. I think it's called Dark Waters, but uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, Ma- um, Unfaithful, master of the of the genre. Right. Um, yeah. So on paper, you're like Esker House, Lynn. Yeah. We, we know, know what, what this we, is. We know what movie this is. And yeah, we're, we're going to get couples here. Who, who do kind of want to cheat on each other, but don't really want to. So they're going to watch this movie and get their right. kicks that right. way on date night. Um, so he handed the script in 95. It was apparently a totally wild sex filled romp. Mm-hmm. Then line decided to drop out and new line approached Mike Figgis, who was coming off of leaving Las Vegas. So he was huge probably his peak of his career he agreed to direct the film if he could rewrite the script and shoot in an informal style using multiple cameras and improv we would know about that improv (laughs) (laughs) not a big deal i could do it (laughs) so he rewrote the script and so they took some of these concepts of the one night stand but simultaneously added some sugar uh, he had his friend who was dying of AIDS, yeah. which was, I highly doubt any of that scenario was in Joe's right. original script. So he put it in there and uh, Esker House felt the chip script had changed so much. He asked for his name to be taken off the credits. Um, but he was kind of, um, he was kind of cool about it. But I guess when you get paid $5 million for an outline. Yeah. Hey, cool. Something you wrote like <laughs> on a fucking want? like cocktail. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, whatever, man. I'll take right. it. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> go with God, Mike. Yeah. Um, interesting thing too is that um, you know Wesley Snipes talking about getting the script for this movie originally. It was written for a British white male, huh. i.e., i.e., Mike Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And to the point where Snipes, Snipes considered doing a British accent. Oh, God. I wish film. we had that movie. Uh, give I, me the British cut. It, yeah, it really would have been, it would have added even more juice to an yeah. already pretty juicy picture. Um, but yeah, he. He said, that's what makes it a challenge. There are things in the script that are completely implausible to me, but it's Mike's movie and I respect him. So I don't interject my own perspective. You should have interjected. You maybe yeah, should have interjected. would have loved you to interject once or twice. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah, and he, the only one who, and I think it's because Vegas cared about writing this tribute to this friend. Right. That he was sad about. Yeah. The titular one night stand, Vegas does not seem as interested in. Yeah. That. But of course, that's going to put asses in the seats is right. a movie called One Night Stand with Hunky Wesley and Babe Natasha. Right. Teasing us with sexual gymnastics, <laughs> which, you know, I would say that uh, if he wanted sexual gymnastics, he should have stayed home. Because he's sexing <laughs> with his wife. There's <laughs> a much wilder and oh more interesting God. sequence. Yeah, should have gone to the screaming sex at him to stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> but then move over here a little bit. Oh God. Yeah. I and mean, I, I think she was great in it. Actually, like, I really yeah. liked her. And I, yeah, and yeah. I really yeah. wish like it was yeah, a, it was a saucy role. I mean, it was kind of like she got a lot of like weird, crazy, fun stuff to do, and yeah, it was like fully weird, and she like she seemed to be living her own in her own universe, which was really yeah. cool. Like I yeah, did. And she that. just like committed hard to all of it. Like the yeah. amount of times that like this wife is saying like, what's is the, the dog's name is Oscar. Is that right? The, what, it's <laughs> like, what's he trying to tell me? He's trying to tell me something. Does he smell another bitch on you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> in front of the kids. So just strange. Like, like it kept happening. Just big and thumbs just like, up. I'm just going to keep going. Like I'm going to go and go and go. And you're going to have to cut those lines. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, well, I mean, that's that's improv, isn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pull me back, like, Mike. <laughs> it's like totally not even. I think this guy gets down to what this movie. If it, I think if it had come out a few years later, they would have allowed for it to be that Robert Downey was the love of Wesley Snipes' life, and they yeah. did have a full-scale like romantic relationship yeah. in New York. Right. You know off screen years before and wesley's kind of developed this whole like whether it's true or not this whole other like kind of straight guy life yeah right. and that would also explain why like the relationship with karen seems comparatively muted right yeah, yeah. Like, and like, this idea like, too that he's like doing it like partially because he's looking for fulfillment he's not getting it, and also partially because he's like Maybe this is what a like straight dude does, right? Is like cheats on their well, wife on a business also, trip. Like, that would work with these certain because it feels like the whole everything leading up to the cheating is just like 
I don't know if it was like sold to Wesley to like make him still seem like a good guy, but it seemed like everything was just like, oh, this character had to do that. Like mm -hmm. he just like destiny brought them together yeah. and then they're so traumatized and he's just comforting her. And then, you know, like stuff just happened. Like it just because felt like this, oh, it was the, so this, this, like... this uh, thief, this robbery couple in oversized, both wearing oversized suits like they're right. in like. <laughs> Cherry pop and daddies. I or might something. have had like a nice scarf on. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll show you a zoot suit riot. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm a roadie for the Brian Seltzer Orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but, yeah. but your idea would have, I think, would have worked really well because then it's just like you know he got caught up and he's in this circumstance and then that just happened and like he's now he's in over his head. You know. Yeah. 100%. And it's like, but that opening scene where him and Downey are like having lunch together, like. There's this entire feeling of like secret resentments and like this past that yeah. they don't want to talk about. And, you know, and Downey seems to, you know, Wesley seems very reserved, whereas Downey's like, there's almost like, you know who you are, you know who right. you were to me kind of quality to there. Right. And then Downey disappears for, yeah, like 40 what, 35, minutes. Yeah, 40 35 minutes, minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But then he comes back and Wesley's like completely. 1000% going to put his career and family on hold to sit bedside in, indefinitely yeah. with Robert Downey. Yeah. And everyone seems to say that what a wonderful gesture and go yeah. ahead and do it. Even though he seems like, I don't think Thomas Hayden Church was thrilled with him missing work. Well, or his <laughs> kids that we saw once for like a yeah. little bit. Like, yeah. you know? I, love, I love my kids. Oh, well, Patrick's fallen into another cut. dimension. <laughs> great can you hear me? Yeah, I can, yeah hear you. I can hear you. It just like okay. came up with your, your photo of you on the, the uh, log ride. This is oh, going, yeah. going really into nice the uh, digital dimension. <laughs> me and my uh, friend Jason Sagawa on the, uh, on the log plume at uh, Disneyland, I guess Splash Mountain. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, very good. Oh man, I went to Splash Mountain a week before COVID started. Uh, At least you got it in. Got it in. Got it in. <laughs> got it in once. Yep, and it'll never happen again. Never. Uh, no. Never shall shall I, I go. To I tried to get off as a kid. I, I was oh like, my god! When oh it was god. going up the hill to, towards the final drop, I just like completely had a panic attack, and I was like, "This is a bad idea. I don't want. I shouldn't be here. I should be here." I was oh like, my god! Abandoned oh, ship, and my worst. mom was like, "No, we're." You have committed to this. We're going yeah, right. down this. We're going down this waterfall. God, oh man, because that's like, that's like you're in trouble if you're up there. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting thrown out of Disneyland. Yeah, if I survive, like, if I, I survive, survive, right? Yeah, yeah. I better get to live with the animals. The animatronic, you have to be raised by the animatronic bears. Yeah, you have to live in Splash Mountain. That's oh, their punishment. Yeah, it's the rules, man. Read the fine like, print when you bought the tickets. It's like I a was, terminal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> raised by weird racist bears. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It is like the horrible racist. Oh, the, that'd the be whole depressing. Br'er Rabbit storyline. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh. Uh, ooh, but ooh. um anyway, technical difficulties. But um Yeah, we're back. The the part where Wesley's like with him and holding his hand and they're crying together oh, is from both sides. Really, really great. Downey's bringing out yeah. something in Wesley and vice versa that yeah. it's again, I think you got a great relationship movie between yeah. these two. Yeah. Yeah. 
you i do unfortunately think that like i i agree with you fully i also think that like it unfortunately highlights like their ceilings as far as skill level because mm-hmm. robert downey jr in that scene is just like it is amazing i mean he's just like he's just incredible mm-hmm. and i think that wesley is as emotive as we've seen him be mm-hmm. it just like for me it doesn't quite reach that level and so right. it, it unfortunately like highlights kind of the disparity a little bit but i yeah you know, i mean i think it's, the, still... it's like danny's yeah. like danny's doing like physical pain yeah fear yeah. but also being funny like all well, at the yeah, same just, time like, trying to breathe through like all of the like lung issues that he's having and it's just like it's so good like yeah. so good well and like the thing too with snipes is like yeah like i guess he just does can you hear me yeah Okay, yeah. good. Thank goodness that I was in robot mode again. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah, it just, it's a bummer. Like, and he, and he, I think he has like others. Like, I think like Robert Danny Jr. For example, I don't think he could do a, 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 a like a, a kick like 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 you know like a like a like a like a circle kick the way that like Wesley Snipes could. Well, perhaps. no, I mean if it's a martial arts competition, I <laughs> like, think we're we're yeah. taught that it's a little more competitive. Yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, but I think that like yeah, Wesley Snipes like I, I think, think Downey just, might be. A, I, I will look it up. I believe he has a black belt too. No way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. He had like a late in life. I think he got really into martial arts when he got sober. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Okay, I take it way. I take it back. I take back my no way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I think Wesley's still winning. I mean, Wesley's blade. Come on, yeah, yeah that's true. that is true. Yeah, he's at a life. Of yeah, he he practices. Better. Um, they don't say what belt he is, but he prac Downey practices Wing Chun Kung Fu. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, but uh, but no, but I agree that like yeah, it's like Wesley Snipes just um, yeah, he just does not uh as emotive, I guess, in those scenes perhaps that he could potentially be. Robert Downey Jr. is also a ham, and he's never mm. saw a moment that he didn't want to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he's true. like he's kind of an open book. I don't think he's. I think he's a little shameless. Yeah, right. in that regard, <laughs> but you right. know which, all, which actually most good actors are. Yeah, <laughs> so, but like yeah. in terms of ham, he's like fucking uh, that like Iberico shit. <laughs> like he's like he's like that Spaniard ham. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very yeah. expensive. Very rare. Yeah. Very expensive. Right. Very rare. Yeah. And only does Marvel movies now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one thing I did want to mention as we get closer to the end here is that the previous record for a script, because Joel Eskerhouse broke his own record yeah. for this, 1.6 million paid to Eskerhouse by producer John Peters. Of course, Bradley Cooper just played in. Um, Wow, <laughs> licorice yeah. pizza right. to wow. adapt a book about john Gotti. <laughs> wow <laughs> and why don't we have that movie right yeah dying and for also, that movie. what was this outline i want to know like what made this special because it's just like the movie you know it i mean i wonder what what survived in the figus version but yeah i mean like, I, what was unique about it you know it just I'm feels not... so like on paper all of those other movies of that year, those years. So uh, Joe, Joe Eskerhouse described his first draft. Mm-hmm. First draft certainly wasn't the sort of script you'd want to give Bob Dole for bedtime reading. Oh, no. 
Oh, it's oh, for wow. six. All right, it's for sixty-five pages. Are given over to an Olympic decathlon-style sexual encounter between the couple, <laughs> with almost as much trash talk about sex as sex itself. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. This, whole, this, this terminally horny man. Yeah. That's oh, great. he. Yes. Yeah. He. A, a, a true lunatic of the highest order that could not exist. A rare animal that went extinct in like 1999. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, just right. a wild. And they were like handing. I mean, it was. This is the same time period as Shane Black was getting that kind of money for yeah. his scripts, and even Quentin Tarantino right. was was broke around this time. And this idea of like these like ultra coked out horn dog screenwriters yeah. writing these like flashy spectacles that the producers of these movies, the John Peters and the Joel Silvers of the world, who admittedly thought they were living those lives the right. characters are on screen right. like whoa this is me fuck i'm yep. like Riggs. i'm wesley snipes <laughs> yeah yeah i'm and, max carlisle yeah yeah and i don't think you know i think mike figgis had like a little bit more of a highbrow pretentious side to him that he was trying to explore and this is just a battle i mean if you thought jungle fever was a battle between like four movies i think you got you had two movies here you have a one night stand and you have this very tender relationship between these two friends as one yeah. of them is dying. Yeah. The, ten, the, the tender friends. Yeah. Right. The tender friends, which I think we can all agree. We kind of want to see the tender friends yeah, movie. That's, the, that's yeah. the movie right there. So, but I mean, I think Wesley's real good in it. Yeah. He, he navigates the waters of this crazy movie pretty well. I actually like everybody. I think everybody's very committed in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It feels you like it's, it is kind of surprising. Yeah. How um, this, this in spite both films respective messinesses um they feel professional they both feel like they're made the very least it feels like they're being made by people that uh technically know what they're doing they're exciting they're unpredictable and they're semi-provocative to fully provocative and i mean boy i'd rather take that than be bored yeah yeah so i would love to know how like at what point were people improvising and how much in each scene was kind of given what, how much freedom was given. Cause it, there were moments that felt like someone was both coming up with their dialogue in the moment and also reading a cue card directly off camera for the very first time. <laughs> like there was like soup, it was highs and lows for performances, you know? And I just like, there were moments that I was like, Oh yeah, that feels like, I felt like Robbie Downey Jr. Probably was given like, Carp oh, to just yeah. do whatever he wanted. We also it. was probably completely uncontrollable. Yeah, whether or not he was too. given that. Yeah, yeah. He took carp blanche. Yeah, he's <laughs> doing whatever he fucking feels like. Yeah. But I mean, I have a feeling like even at that like pitch scene with the pickles, there's a vibe too where he was like went to the cliff and the rest of yeah. the pickle men and he was like, just talk about how you can't get kids to right. like pickles. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> how, like sauerkraut is not hot with the kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can do that. We understand, man. Because I don't get what the kids are at this MTV thing. Dennis Leary going on ranting and raving. I mean, that that isn't for me. Yeah. Should have Dennis Leary be the pickle man. Yeah. Oh, he should uh he would have crushed it. Yeah. This <laughs> is a, a, a man's vegetable. Saint, saint, saint freaking salad. 
<laughs> leafy greens, tender greens. Don't I don't need any of that shit. Give me give me a pickle. You because you know what it reminds me of a dick. There I said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like Dennis Leary. Uh, what's great about Dennis Leary is his voice is like um, it's like he sounds like Jack Nicholson if Jack Nicholson's life went wrong. Like if he made a mistake. <laughs> he sounds exactly like Jack Nicholson if Jack Nicholson wasn't cool. Blame <laughs> <laughs> Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Oh. If, oh, yeah. if Christian Slater is wannabe Jack Nicholson, then Dennis Leary would be lamed Jack oh, Nicholson. God. Oh. oh my goodness. Well, we, I mean, we got to figure this out. I, I think that uh, we're living in the gray, much like mm-hmm. Max and uh, yeah, Flipper. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the more the gray here, but we got to make a decision. You know, are we, are we staying with our wives? Or are we, looking looking in a different direction uh, yeah. you can decide if you're married to jungle fever or if you're married to one night stand yeah no oh, no no, right. no no thruple no thruple we wish yeah oh <laughs> that would be a very like in line with these movies if we just decided both move on they both go on, yeah. it is move on. <laughs> we make the poor soul <laughs> to watch these two they but the, here's the thing they go one but they're they're a team now so it's like <laughs> You yeah, they, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, and, and, and then chaos wins. Chaos, yeah. chaos wins. Yep. But uh, mm-hmm. whoever, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh my, what a psychedelic episode that's going to be because whoever oh, wins God. here is going to be playing Passenger Fifty Seven. Wow. The total opposite. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> John, Cut- John Cutter shakes his head and drop kicks both of these. Movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sends them back to that weird uh, carnival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the with the hillbilly sheriffs he has to deal with. <laughs> but uh, before we get to this vote, this vote, I, I have no idea where you guys are leaning whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But we got a lot of options this week for our Harrelson. We got a lot of bold choices, a lot of wild performances. Patrick, I'm going to send over to you first for your Harrelson of the week. Uh, you know, it's so tough. This is... This is maybe one of the hardest uh, Harrelsons because there are a whole bunch of actors you could choose from, you know, in both films. In the, you know, you got Samuel Jackson, you got Robert Downey Jr., Ming Na, uh, Ossie David. Like everyone's kind of giving it their all. Um, you know what? I'm going to give my Harrelson to. Uh, an actor we haven't talked about, but I thought she gave a dynamite performance. I'm going to give it to Ruby D oh. as, as the mom. Oh, yeah. She right. was really good at, um, you know, being the uh, uh, the loving mother who's stuck in that situation. A p- poor woman caught in a truly crazy storm. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. like, it's so, and, like, it was just, like, uh, her love is unconditional. And yeah. And it's it, and it's just it's it was such a bummer and it was her whole arc was so sad and I thought she did a really great job uh, demonstrating that type of you know like having to see her you know kind of like her oldest son fall apart in front of yeah. her it's it's yep. grim and she uh, demonstrated that role with a plum so giving it to Ruby D absolutely good yeah. call Patrick how about you Randy. 
Um, <clears throat> I think it's tough because I don't know the actor's name and, I, you know, I can't find the him in the credits at all, but um, it's going to be the dog from One Night no. Stand. And I think, you know, it's like an obvious choice. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, you know, yeah. he's really, like, makes those scenes. It's very brave. Know. Yeah. It's dude. like yeah. He, it's he vulnerable. jumps off the page. Yeah. You know, it's like there's a real life there. He's he's like unstoppable right yeah. like he just like from the second he enters the scene he's just got one point of view and he just hammers on it over and over and over you, again you know uh, supposedly when mike figgis was casting that dog he uh, came in barefoot uh, waving hands high as a fucking kite yeah, <laughs> high as a kite. yeah. yeah red rocket <laughs> all know. over the place yeah. <laughs> Full red embarrassing rocket. for everyone present yeah, but he, but, he's but, a man yeah. but he, the talent is there yeah, but right. when and when he came in he gave it all he, he yeah yeah, yeah, really he focused in, committed. But I will say the obviously that that is, you know, it's an obvious choice. But if you go back and rewatch, it's the second scene that you see the dog. There's a great shot of him just staring at Wesley Snipes mm -hmm. from the hallway, I think it is. And he just has like such disappointment on his oh, face. Oh, no. It's so good. <laughs> like it's so oh, legitimately no. what you hope a dog would do if you came home like reeking of another woman just like i, I you're not who i thought you were i mean we have uh, we have a family you're yeah. a family yeah. man, max i'm your dog yeah i'm your dog you're gonna try to sneak this shit past me if this movie had had the dog talk Oh, then it would have been easy oh, win. God. Easy oh, win God, for one yeah. night stand. Yeah. It's like Bobcat Goldthwait is like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I smell another woman on you. <laughs> <laughs> you cheated on us, Wesley. <laughs> exact same movie up to that point. And then just see the exact here. same movie afterwards. <laughs> I gotta find a, a leg to him. Oh, God. Oh, I'm a race coming up. I gotta win. <laughs> One crazy summer, of course. I mean, uh, absolutely correct. Yeah, you know, and I and that actor deserves a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Yep, and hey, first animal given a uh, Harrelson and or any or of the Volpe. Award. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Volpe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Volpe Cup best dog. I'd have to yeah, late late a late submission. I'm um not gonna be nearly as funny. I'll be quick. Uh, it's Samuel Jackson's performance oh, yeah. in Jungle yeah. Fever. He's, he's, I mean, it's, like, it's insane. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. He's I did terrific. He was two weeks out of rehab yeah. when he shot that. Whoa. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. So that's, I think, another example of just like uh, from the ashes rises a phoenix. Like, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. yeah. Robert Downey Jr., Samuel Jackson, that dog. Yep. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> they all went to the same rehab. It was crazy. Yeah. The dog Downey to this day claims saved his life. Yeah. They call that rehab <laughs> yeah. Street Juilliard. Right. <laughs> Street <Yeah>. Juilliard. <laughs> woof woof. <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. So here it is. Moment of truth, Patrick. Um, when, oh, no. give us your vote. This is a hard one. This is even. It's tough. Like. And man, I want to be the, you know, Jungle Fever, he's very, uh, what I like about what he gets in Jungle Fever is he really gets to like play a normal guy and he, and, it, and it's a normal guy with like layers and, and there's dimension to what he's portraying. Uh, it's not always shown, you know, in the movie, but at least like, um, 
you get a sense that he's like a person with depth. Uh, and I think that like with a lot of these straight laced roles, he doesn't get to like flex that mu- those muscles as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that shows a little bit uh, in this. Ra- it's tough. These are like hard roles, and they're not super well written all the time. And so it's 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 like there it's, it's it's a tough job. Uh, One night stand, he gets some truly crazy moments. Uh, and he really gets like he's really good with Robert Downey Jr. in One Life Stand. Like the moments they share are like really well done. It's it's hard. I think I do think that like Jungle Fever is a better movie. Uh, or at the very least, there's like a little more to cho- like I don't know. Hmm. You know what? Uh, I can't believe I'm. I'm gonna do One Night Stand. I cannot one night stand. Not believe I'm. It's. I just think that like his. I think like the. It's funny because in both of these movies, the the one night stands like he doesn't get as much. Like I think like he gets more. His relationship with Robert Downey Jr. is more interesting and in depth than either of the stands in either movie. <laughs> Which is weird. Like it's kind of like a, bummer, a little like, strange. Yeah, especially with like, uh, like yeah, Karen. Who like it feels like it legit feels like Bruce Almighty. Like is like Jim Carrey is like forcing these two people to consummate. Uh, it's like it's some sort of cruel, cruel twist of fate. And uh, yeah, and so that as a result, the relationship feels ancillary, um, ancillary, uh, not ancillary, ancillary. Uh, you know. Yeah, when yeah. I stand, I cannot believe I did that. That's not wow. uh, me. Uh, was that the right choice? I don't know, but I did it. I, I stuck with it. <laughs> Randy, your turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, wow, that's a lot of. Uh, it's good rationale. It makes me think more about one night stand than I have been to this point. I, I think the what was hard for me is that I enjoyed watching one night stand a lot more. Than I enjoyed watching Jungle Fever. My the hardest thing for me about watching Jungle Fever is that like, I it is nearly impossible for me to not watch it through today's lens. Yeah, and like so much of what was, I feel like probably edgy or like you know pr- provocative and like you know like really like making a strong commentary at the time feels like so many conversations ago that now it feels just kind of like a relic a little bit and and not. I don't know, like I am a mixed black man. So it's like I am, you know, it's like for me, it's just this is all like conversations that like I was 11 when this movie came out and it feels like, yeah, okay, that seems about right for where my mind was at or where like the world's mind was at when I was 11. And now it's like eh, it feels like antiquated to me. But performance wise, I think I like him more in Jungle Fever. Mm. I think that I like I enjoy the moments like I feel like he finds more moments in that movie of like being like authentically relaxed and like finding joy. And like it for me, it's all of the scenes with a lot of the scenes with with Spike and then a lot of the scenes with Samuel L. Jackson, too. It's like it feels like in both of those relationships like or or co-stars like he he was finding something that he's like allowing himself to open up a little bit more than and i i if i had to just like diagnose it i'd be like maybe he feels like he has to put something on in these romantic moments with annabelle skiorier with nastasia kinski so it's like maybe he's like trying a little hard and that like makes him a little bit stiffer but 
I for there was something about his performance in that movie overall that I like I enjoyed watching more. I think both I could definitely see arguments for both, Ed, but I I'm going to stick with Jungle Fever. A lot of compelling points. I'm yeah. I've, I've I've been torn, but I I, I think well Rand, Randy made some really good points and I'm I was thinking while well, he was mentioning his interactions with Sam Jackson and um Spike Lee and even um Lynette McKee who plays his wife in it he gets more varied options yeah to show his talents um in Jungle Fever I buy the coupling more in Jungle Fever yeah than in One Night Stand I think Mm -hmm. he's got a little bit more chemistry with Annabella than Natasha um interesting thing I think is rating it like this I think his best scenes are with Robert Downey in One Night Stand mm-hmm. but I think overall Jungle Fever wins out because yeah there's a more consistency mm-hmm. to Jungle Fever like and I think that has to do with direction too so I think yeah, Vegas I is say, letting I mean, him he probably had more help in that movie yeah mm-hmm. and there I mean the ups and downs like the emotional consistency with Robert Downey and then the scene with like Thomas Hayden Church at that dinner where Wesley's giving him shit the pickle pitch that he puts <laughs> yeah. out there yeah. uh, it's strange yeah. yeah, it's strange and it's a little up and down I mean the highs in that movie are really really high and there is a part of me I mean geez just as a programming working on programming this podcast making someone else sit through one night stand is, is compelling <laughs> as a thought <laughs> but we are scientists and i have to go with jungle fever <laughs> so 2-1 jungle fever moves on to play passenger 57 Ooh. and uh it's earned at it's some totally point, fair some point yeah. in the calendar yeah yeah but uh folks if you're listening and you've been playing along both these movies are pretty wild and fascinating so i still recommend checking them out they're kind of a good time uh folks though um of course, we're moving on. I wish, with the vote for the dog, for the Harrelson, mm-hmm. I almost feel like we should just cheat and say they're both moving on as a couple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, breaking Academy News, Academy Academy News, though, there's apparently going to be an Avatar 2 teaser attached to Doctor Strange on May wow. 6th. Your first Avatar footage, post. Wow. folks. As we know, get, JC, get, he's back. Get your mighty Akrons ready. Yeah. Put your head tendril into your mighty Akrons head tendril and fly yourself to the theater. I would. Wesley Snipes should be up in the Avatar universe. Yes. I think just he'd fit himself, right in. Like just. Yeah. It yeah. Be like, a, like, like a kid in King Arthur's court situation where he gets <laughs> sent to the future. Or no, somehow, like. He figured out how to survive. No, he's it's all big crossover. He's got the serum from Blade. Ooh. Oh, there we yeah. go. Yeah. There it bring is. It in, bring it into the MCU. The, the serum is actually real. No, the, yeah. The serum is real. Whistler's there. Sigourney yeah. Weaver's there. They're all there. <laughs> it's <laughs> me, Whistler. Hey, you're a hot piece of ass, Sigourney. <laughs> we gotta kill these giant blue vampires. Those uh... are the Navi Whistler. <laughs> Jeez, I thought that Deacon Frost was trouble. <laughs> hey there, Mama, with that head tail. <laughs> uh, I never thought of it like that before, but you're pretty good looking. 
Oh no, man! I got, I got two. I have two tickets to see Thirty Eight Special here in the V. Yeah. <laughs> That's the favorite band of the Navi Love 38 Special. They like uh, you know Molly Hatchet, 38 Special, Nancy yeah. Leonard Skinner, Southern Rock. Yeah, their yeah, yeah favorite know. song, Green Grass and High Tides. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's weird. That's, yeah, it. that's, uh, that's what surprised Jake Sully most about the Navi culture. <laughs> What's going on? All these guys love uh, long guitar solos. <laughs> oh, we're so we're spiraled. We're spiraled. Oh, we're, let's get to the game. We're let's broken, get to the man. game this week. We got um, uh, times are tough. Yeah, great recession, sure. great. Uh, everyone's quitting their jobs. Everyone's starting new jobs. Things are yeah. going crazy, even in the world of Hollywood and acting. Mm. You know, and you can be a major Hollywood actor, martial artist, man of the world, like yep. Wesley Snipes. You got to get your side hustle on sometimes. So yeah. this week, the game is called Snipes Side Hustle. He's going to keep acting. He's going to keep being very successful at acting. But he's interested in other things, too. What? Is Wesley Snipes' second job? Mm. Patrick, I'm going to leave it to you. Oh, I have two words. Themed restaurant. <laughs> He's going to open up a Hollywood, Planet Hollywood style, but it's only Snipes movies. Only Snipes movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's called Blurger. <laughs> oh, no. Blade and Burger. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. okay. Blurger. Okay. And uh, let's I'm buying say, it a little bit more now. Bladenberg. <laughs> it's called Blurger. And let's just say you're going to be a the fan of his patented Blurgers. <laughs> you're going to have a lot of memorabilia from all his movies on all the you know walls. Uh, the Blurger will, of course, incorporate uh, like maybe like a blood pudding element, like blood. Mm-hmm. Some sort of blood element, uh, like just a lot of ketchup. Just a lot of, oh, maybe just a, lot a of ketchup. ton of ketchup. Oh, awful. <laughs> yeah, like it's a little off-putting. It's, it's a little too much. You're yeah. into it. You're into it, but most people are not. Uh, you yes. have to ask for the like request the meat to be cooked. Like it by default mm-hmm. is oh, raw. Yeah, default is <laughs> you better ask or we'll do it. That's it's, like the dev- it's like the Devastator and Mr. Show. Ten whole minutes underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to eat it again. I want to eat salmonella again. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of other. Uh, let's see. What other movies can we? Uh, let's see. He's in Mo Better Blues. Maybe Mo Better Blue Cheese Dressing on a Salad. Yep. Maybe like a Mo, Mo, Sounds about right. Mo Better mm-hmm. Blue Cheese Dressing. Um, um, yep. Let's see. Uh, uh, and how about a twist? Uh, King of New York style pizza. Yeah, oh. King of New York style pizza. Was he in the Was he in the movie Cobb? No, can't do a Cobb. Can't do a Cobb salad. Unfortunate. I mean, something simple though, like Major League fajitas. Mm, Major oh, League yeah. fajitas. Major League chew. You get to have gum. Yeah, yeah, gum, gum, gum is on the menu. Com- complimentary gum. <laughs> complimentary gum. Hey, gum the from the house. Warm bread. Uh, like yeah. um, Dolomite is my name, but so is clam chowder. <laughs> <laughs> is my name. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
coming to America are these tater tots. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what about a egg drop zone soup? Yeah. Ah, uh, there we uh, go. Egg drop zone soup. Very good. Very good. Boiling point is what we reached with this cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, this is a, this restaurant can only hold fifty seven people. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tiny restaurant. Yeah. Well, no, that's a prize. Like, have you ever been to Bubba Gump? They go around and do like Forrest Gump trivia. Oh. At the tables. That's cool. It's, yeah, wow. it's pretty. It's something. Yeah. If you're the 57th customer mm. every day at the restaurant, you get like um, a side of uh, seasoned fries. Mm. Mm. And of course, every waiter and waitress is dressed like Blake. Yeah, they're all they're all wearing leather. They're all it's, it's terribly all, uncomfortable. As the yeah. character blade. It's the character blade. They're all in characters. characters. <laughs> Except for the major D, who's Whistler. Yeah. <laughs> I want to blade show you to the table. I'll have my good friend Blade show you to the table. We got a special today. It's, it's just, it's just Chris Christopherson, huh? Yeah. yeah. Also falling on hard times. Oh no! Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's a good friend. They made yeah. friends on set. And right. Chris, you want to come out and work at my restaurant? Yeah. So there we go, Blurgers. Boy, no, no, sounds good. good. Sounds yeah. like it. Sounds like it's getting a B from yeah. Health Code. Oh yeah, B for Blurger. <laughs> Randy, what do you got? <laughs> Top <I> think... map, Jim. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't, and won't. Don't want to. Will not. Uh, I think that he, this is, this is arts adjacent, but I think that he, he pivots and uses his experiences in these movies to hone in on intimacy choreography. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole new field in, you know, live theater and, and film that they require an intimacy choreographer on set to just help guide all of the intimate moments. And I think that Wesley has shown particular affinity for like quick rapid kissing you know just like oh. pecs that lead into more like really just in both movies that was kind of like his mo physically yeah. kiss kissing just, like... as if uh, the way you would be forced to kiss a cactus like <laughs> <laughs> exactly as if like exactly. yeah like or like maybe it's like he imagines it's like a hot stove or something like exactly <laughs> and i think that that's the flavor that that's needed these days because now too we too often just go right into like you know these like real like heavy intimate moments and what we need mm. is like a little bit of awkward physicality thrown back in the mix yeah so i think he he corners the market on that mm -hmm. you need to yeah you need to be actively afraid of what you're kissing <laughs> It's bees. Exactly. You're kissing bees. Go, you tell go. the story in the moment, and you yes. start off with, "I'm. I've never done this, and I don't know what this looks like." <laughs> think, oh, think, no. think about it as if you are one thousand percent going to receive cooties. <laughs> in this very moment. It's a okay, class, scenario. everyone, hold up your hand. Make a fist like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good visual joke. <laughs> That's just for us. <laughs> uh... Wow. Uh... Uh, Don? Well, I mean, I for most of the day, I was leaning toward cult leader. But Ooh, um, you'd be good at that. I'd sign up. 
But yeah. I actually think what I'd love to see him do, and I think he'd be really strong at, is a Indiana Jones style soldier of fortune architect, uh, archaeologist. Architect. Better. He's an architect in Jungle <laughs> yeah. Fever. That didn't work out. <laughs> yes, well, he has to design. Wasn't yes. his fault, though. He brought all the business yeah. to that. That's architecture right. firm, as we know. But uh, yeah, like uh, adventuring archaeologists going around, solving things, getting things out of caves or swings, you know, doing jump kicks. <laughs> yes. Um, seducing things with other things. Ten- yeah. Tenderly yeah. seducing ladies. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Befriending children of the local culture, wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, and really You're my son now. It incorporating yep. it at his thing mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> i think uh i'd like to see him just adventuring yeah. you know and you know he'll it, obviously there's some pain involved but he's doing it with his heart is in the right place yeah he doesn't need the money it's passion yeah. is what i'm getting at here he cares about the history mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Pres- preservation and then like he like thwarts some bad guy group and then they go to the movies and they're like they see coming to America too, and they're like, "Was that the guy who just like, like, that's crazy? That was he's an actor too." Wait, that that's Wesley and the Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez, he's funny too. I just remember getting spin kicked by him, and then an Wesley idol being Anda. taken from me. <laughs> he's got to get his hands on the rubies or something. I don't know. Well, here, this is great. This is great too. All this talk, we've discovered how Wesley, uh, Wesley and the Snipes is going to make it to uh, the the world of Avatar. He gets the Holy Grail. Yeah, oh, he just well, he uncovers. God. He's like digging yeah. in the. He's in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, yeah, he went there. That's, Folks, and, and he went. It's scary. One of the scariest places on earth. The and as we all know, that is where the Holy Grail is. Yeah, but he dug dig down. And he's like, "Oh, I went all the way through the ocean, and I'm on Pandora." Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, this, I hate it when that happens. But the thing about the Navi, they not only are huge Southern Rock fans, they too want to see him reprise his role as Blade in the Marvel reboot of Blade, so he fits right in. They love him. Yeah, and they also want to... tours the live show and nothing. <laughs> oh, they, think he, they also think he's actually Blade. So oh, he's like, hey, it's yeah, a big... Right. Oh, that, now there's a comedy. It's like a big ruse. Yeah. He's, he it's like... Pretends. It's a yeah. galaxy quest, a classic galaxy quest. Uh, well, then he has... There'll be a speech at the end where he's like, I've learned so much from the Navi. I have to be honest. I'm an actor. I'm not Blade. I, I own a restaurant called Blurgers. <laughs> Blur- right. I burgers. I've taught people to <laughs> very uncomfortably kiss each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've lived a rich and storied life. Yeah. But I am not who you think I am. <laughs> I went to prison for tax evasion, and that's actually oh, true. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm back. He's out. Man. He's uh, he's rehabilitated. Yeah, he's back. He's back in the game. He's given out yeah. an award at the Academy Awards this very yeah. weekend. Wow. Take your bets on what award he's given out. And take your bets on if he's dressed as Blade. <laughs> but I mean, Whistler could come with him on his Soldier of Fortune work too. Oh, yeah. like, Chris, oh, God, I would love that. Let's, let's, we're getting the band back together. They, Just, they're like, driving friends. the truck. Yeah. They're friends in real life too. That's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah. But 
Well, that was crazy. That was a good game. Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy stuff that we've done in a long time. A crazy one, but you know, the movies All brought us here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unlike the script for One Night Stand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Randy, it's been a treat. We're, we're gonna yeah. give you we're gonna give you like a straight up like Chris Farley falling down comedy or something yeah. next time around. Yeah, <laughs> next movie it's Black Sheep versus Tommy Boy. It's yeah, like, no, I mean it's just there's also just it's such a treat to watch these and just uh, you know see what I missed when I was going through high school and middle school. Yeah, yeah, you know, looking <laughs> like, the other way. You know what? Genius was happening. <laughs> <laughs> you look maybe you look the right way a little bit. Maybe you didn't. You know, you know who's to say? Who's to say? We're here now. Yeah, we're yeah. here now. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Is there anything you want to do? Plug on your way out, Randy. Uh, if you're in the LA area, I'm doing some Shakespeare this summer at the New Swan Shakespeare Festival. I'm playing Pericles in Pericles, which is a rarely done one. So if uh, you like Shakespeare and want to see a show that you might not see ever again, very see. cool. Cool. This episode comes out actually tomorrow too. So like this is oh, good. Uh, yeah, this will be out, and uh, this makes sense. That the the plug makes sense. One of the uh, we've had so many guests whose plugs have been I do spoofs and goofs. That's that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I do those too. Yeah, <laughs> versatile. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Definitely check that out. Um, wow. So next week we are finished with the first round of the show. You know, we've we've narrowed it down to the elite eight of this tournament, but next week we're taking on a different road, a different route, as we move into. A bonus episode, early gems, a few snipes films that were not that didn't make the tournament that we'll be checking out from his uh, younger days. Should they have been in the tournament? We'll find out next week. For Randy and Patrick, I'm Don. Thank you for listening. You guys are a big deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, uh. This episode has uh, made you realize how to sell sauerkraut to the kids. <laughs> His parents give him love and affection to keep him strong, moving in the right direction, living just.